You're listening to the Oh Those Toes podcast, the only podcast that does podcaster on podcaster on podcaster three ways. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the show. With you, as always, I am Top Toes. And I am uh, your co-host, Eni, and you are listening to the Oh Those Toes podcast. Thank you. And this is the first time we've had the opportunity to keep a promise that we said on the air, although we didn't say it on our own show. But back in March, we had the absolute pleasure of being guests on Stripped by Sia. Uh, I believe that episode aired March 21. And we said, absolutely, we want to have you on our show when we can. And here we are doing this, our first return endeavor. Welcome to the show, live from the Pacific Northwest, and you can specify more if you want. See ya. (laughs) Hello, it's so nice to be on the other side of the mic this time. (laughs) I'll wait until we grill you for 45 minutes and then you can tell us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, you know what? She's not gonna, she's gonna fully understand because she's the podcaster. She knows what it's like. Right. um, I have to tell you that we've been on several podcasts um, and Sia's was one of the ones that I had to consistently remind myself that this isn't my show. I can't ask her a bunch of questions. <laughs> and now we can. Because, yeah, now you can. <laughs> but I mean, you're so interesting. You were just so interesting. And so um, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me. Like, this is so exciting. Again, like, I don't have any opportunities to, like, speak on this side and be on this side and, like, be grilled and roasted. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) So I'm going to give just the the rough outline of who you are, and then you can fill in the blanks on everything I skip. But uh, Sia is a fellow podcaster, um, a stripper, sex worker. Uh, running a sex worker positive podcast called Strip by Sia. Yes. Uh, an amazingly positive person who is great for our community in the larger sense and tied into our community in the smaller sense of foot fetish. And we'll get to that a little later. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, you nailed it on the head there for sure. So thank you for that. <laughs> Um, I guess I can add on to that. But yes, I am the host of the podcast Strip by Sia. And yes, Sia is my actually, it's my name. It's my last name. So but people just call me that. And I've been doing that podcast for the past two years with an aim to destigmatize the sex industry on all different facets of the industry, basically. So basically, if you're um, a cam girl, a stripper, you're into kink, you're into fetishes, um, you're a client. I try to tackle it from all different sides so we can get a really nice holistic approach to what sex work is and the legitimacy of it because it is it is work. So that's a little bit about my podcast. I'm also, as Top Toast mentioned, a stripper. I'm also a digital content creator. So I do have an OnlyFans where I make custom videos and play games and live stream and dance and all this stuff. And then I was also a former sugar baby um, a long time ago. And um, other than that, I make YouTube videos and eat noodles and cook a lot of yummy things. And that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> I, I love the fact that the beginning of your introduction sounds just like us. You are a podcaster 
trying to destigmatize your area and the whole area of kink fetish and sex work um Mm -hmm. you're you're the canadian austin pleaser heels yes 100 (laughs) percent. literally (laughs) (laughs) well you know but 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 sia does a whole lot more than we do i mean like she's got she's got her chronologically she's She's in her second year of the podcast as well just like us Mm -hmm. um but no uh, she's definitely a a broader market where we're very we're hyper focused um we branch outward towards other types of sex work where she's the broad focused sex work and she brought us on to to branch or to to narrow down on one particular fetish and i wow i'm i'm dominating this but you know any you only one or two (laughs) forgive me for fanboying it's it's (laughs) no yeah i there is absolutely nothing to forgive because i'm over here fangirling out too i mean um you know in a nutshell and i hate like we're all over here talking for sia i swear but um (laughs) but in a nutshell like the that is the favorite that is my favorite thing about Sia other than the fact that she's you know so talented is that she's just so positive about like all types of stuff like she you know she ends her introduction with I eat noodles and stuff and (laughs) and I I tell you like you're you're cooking I mean are you I'm going to completely bypass all the hot fetishy stuff that everybody wants to talk about and jump right into your noodles. I mean, yeah. are you are you trained as a chef or no? I'm completely self-taught, but I did have a cupcake and cake business like 11, 12 years ago, a, like a long time ago, which was like another another world, another chapter. I was like super young, didn't have any. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say you're not even that old. You, you're yeah. not old enough to have a, a former business 11, 12 years ago. I, I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Believe That's it or not. Insane. She's got these uh, rose pistachio, I think, cupcakes. right? Cupcakes yes. on her on her on her other page, on her foodie page, that are just amazing. I mean, I think that I could have a, a podcast with, episode with you on your cooking alone because yeah. I'm a fatty. I'm I was fatty. totally never invited food. to follow the foodie page. What happened here? Please do, uh, please, please, please subscribe. Okay. We're gonna put. We're going to put the foodie page in the show notes for this episode because we put your other stuff in the show notes for when we're, when we're on your show. So, you know, this will yeah. be the one where the show links are all the vanilla Sia Steph or Steph Sia. Yes. Or, yes. or maybe I did ask going. you the question before we started and yes. the, the confusion of your name just because it gets rendered every possible way all the time. I know. <laughs> I think I've never called you Steph. I think I just call you Sia. No, and I'm so used to everyone calling me Sia. Like, honestly, even, even back when I was, like, in high school, everyone just always called me, called me by my last name, even though I was only Steph. Well, do you, <laughs> like, do you in fall school? into the, um, do you, do you fall into the Asian traditional of family name first, given name second? Because that would make I'm- sense with Sia Steph. It does make sense. I I don't follow that, not in my family, but basically I think it kind of started because when Gmail first came out, someone already took Steph.ca. 
<laughs> oh, and email loves to suggest last name first as your as your name, and you're like, uh, I'm lazy, or I'm high, or I'm drunk, and yes, okay, accept. And that's what happened. And then just stuck. And then I was like, when Instagram came out, I feel like Steph Sia was taken already as well. So I was like, Sia stuff. And then everyone just thinks my name is Sia. But at least like people now know how to pronounce it properly because of the artist, like the singer named Sia. So. <laughs> Which is and I, because of the wigs, I thought maybe you were her because we've never seen Sia's face. This is also true. This is also true. <laughs> Does that mean that, uh... I love it. I Does love that mean it. you have that that horrible actor from the vi- stuff in your closet somewhere? The one from the Transformers movie? Shia LaBeouf. Oh, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I don't know. Let, I let me love that you. song. And that video creeps me the frick out. I am with you on that one. 100%. <laughs> Dirty Shia LaBeouf with a little girl in a cage. Who, the, the director of that video needs to be shot. <laughs> you know what? We're, we're going we're gonna to move past that. We're going to move past I, we're gonna, We are going to because I actually have a question. And I never have previous. You never have questions already. I told you, I'm I'm totally fanboying this episode. I have questions prepared. So when we last spoke, we were definitely in a uh, definitely in the lockdown phase of the pandemic. I don't want to say we're in the pandemic because we damn well still are. We're in the hard lockdown phase. Um, So obviously, you know, none of the in person anything, uh, sex work or fetishy was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. has, have the strip clubs reopened? Have you returned to that part of your world? Yes, I have. So I actually was just booked a few weeks ago, a few, yeah, I think a few weeks ago, um, the second week of the strip clubs opening and they're not all open yet, but, um, some of them definitely are the majority of them are, which is really exciting. So I, felt like a baby giraffe on stage again and was all nervous (laughs) and just anxious but it was so good to be back on stage and the clubs are pretty busy so I'm really really happy about that so I also feel like on the client and patron perspective people are just like waiting for for clubs to open again because well one it's a source of entertainment and two who doesn't like hot naked girls so (laughs) so now it's in addition to in addition to you can't touch the girls in the champagne room, you can't breathe directly on the girls in the champagne room. No, right, no breathing on the girls. <laughs> <laughs> the lap dances are back and masks are required for that. So yeah, so it's a little bit different, but at least we're slowly getting back to that. I know some clubs kind of operate in a different way where lap dances are not formally back yet, but it just depends on the club that you work in. So, so masks are back patron and uh stripper or do you have some fancy masks that match your pasties you know how does this work (laughs) honestly i just get those like disposable ones which is really bad for the environment but also because it's a lot easier to breathe and honestly when i'm like doing like three dances in a row it gets really hot because you're also yeah you're talking like it's just moving and it's you know what i I was watching um, a few of your videos today and some of them you're wearing a mask and some of them you're not. And mm-hmm. every time I see the ones where you're wearing the mask and you're doing these um, 
very expert level moves and very like acrobatic I mean oh god I can't I know that you're sexy and the whole thing is supposed to be very sexy but I'm (laughs) so impressed with your talent and your and your the the strength I mean oh my gosh I can't even um (laughs) but but I see you wearing the mask and I want to be like see I'm too hot (laughs) so hot like like melty and like imagine and I teach at a studio as well so imagine teaching for an hour and a mask and then you have like three classes in a row (laughs) it's like yeah I can just imagine you know at least the strip clubs I've been to I would think after breathing in strip club guy breath air for a shift I'd want to throw that mask away too (laughs) oh absolutely yeah we'll change it within a shift (laughs) so that that brings us right to something I wanted to ask you if I had the opportunity to ask questions the last time we were around Mm -hmm. um being being a guy with a foot fetish but being a guy especially in you know, my late teen and 20s years and then going forward into the bachelor party era, yeah. I went to strip clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in, later in my adult life, by choice, I went to strip clubs when something interesting was happening, like midget strippers. But, you know, you go because so-and-so is having a bachelor party. As a foot fetishist, the strip club is not, you know, it, it's not the, the is all be all. But I remember, you know, one kind of, you know, sitting a little, slinking a little low at the stage. So my view was a little different, you know, Mm -hmm. or getting a lap dance and having the girl who would step up on the chair and you're like, okay, you can't touch the stripper, but you know, what if my arms brush the side of her legs? I I was younger, you know, (laughs) but I want to know since you're aware of the fetish for, for, can you pick out the foot guys at the strip club? And if you can, do you, do you change it up a little bit? <laughs> That's a really great question. You know, like, it's funny. I, I can't picture, like, I can't pick them out, but they do exist in every strip club. So I'll tell you a story. I like, this has happened to me at least twice in the two different strip clubs, but there's always at least one patron who will ask to buy uh, strippers socks, like use socks. Really? Yes. Yes. He'll, he'll ask around, be like, Oh, can you sell them to me? Uh, blah, blah, blah for this price or blah, blah, blah. Or if you've come off stage, he'll ask the bouncer, ask somebody else and verbalize that. And then you're welcome to do that. If you want, this has also happened to me in another club as well. So they exist. They might not be vocal about it, but like at least this happens here in British Columbia, and it's, it's not a unique thing because apparently it's happened to me like a couple times already in two different scenarios. So, <laughs> see, I was thinking, I was thinking that you would get the the sneak toucher. You know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. one who I almost told the story. Well, I told the story of almost being the sneak toucher because it's like you know when they they. When the lap dance turns into the step up on because they want to, you know, pretend to grind on your face, uh, you always get like the feet <laughs> right. right by your hips. And so have you had somebody? Have you had somebody touch your feet or like lick your toes as you're like dancing? I haven't had that particular incident, but I have had a lot of men who will try to touch various places on my body that is obviously I'm not consenting to that and right. 
I mean, they, we do have um, full contact clubs in, in uh, Vancouver, but we also, like oh, the majority, really? we do, yeah. I think one of them is full contact, but the rest of them, at least to my experience, have not been full contact. Like, we can touch them, but they cannot touch us. So, uh, so I want to yeah. reiterate two things. One that you said right there, you know, yes, in most places, don't assume you can touch the strippers. And two, if you want to interact, and just repeating what you said, talk to the bouncer. This is for our listeners. You know, mm-hmm. talk to the bouncer first. They'll they'll get you the talk to the to the performer. Yeah, you can talk to the bouncer. You can talk to the DJ. I mean, they might be busy. Or talk to one of the VIP girls that are walking around. There's always going to be girls walking around. Talk to someone, or like if there's a dancer or someone a performer that you enjoy they're usually going to be available after their show. So I would just go directly to the source. <laughs> Personally, um, I was like, right. up to me directly. But if you're too shy, then you can always ask around. So yeah, just whatever you do, don't just grab her as she's walking away. Don't grab human beings at all. It's at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. We, we want to make sure that we're talking about being the show of consent. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Trippers, dancers, or otherwise, do not reach out and touch anybody's feet without their permission or any part of their body. But you know, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 100%. So I do. It, it's. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm all over the place today. But um, <laughs> so, I don't know if you've worked out um, out east, but in Montreal, apparently, uh, they have not found a. They haven't gotten past their Catholicism on the gender roles. So I'm at a strip club in Montreal. And Montreal is known for strip clubs. Yes. St. Catherine Street is just wall-to-wall strip clubs for like four blocks. Yes. And I'm with Mrs. Top Toes. And we're hanging out. We're having fun. We're at a strip club. Obviously, you know. And we try to engage a girl for a dance. And they legally cannot go into the private room with a female so she had to give a table dance it just it's oh. so, yeah you know, that's really different that's really weird well the, the french canadians are very catholic and the catholics are very prudish still unfortunately that's so interesting like here like we yeah. love we love couples <laughs> we love couples here in vancouver like um i know for certain establishments and not this is not like, I don't think this is applicable for where I am in Vancouver, but I have heard of clubs actually in the States that um, don't allow women to come in to their establishment. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that occurs don't? in what they we don't. refer to as our Bible Belt. Yeah. Wait, they don't uh, allow women? They don't allow. Oh, no. Oh, because we're supposed to be at home raising the children. Yeah. Something like um, that, in the kitchen. Like barefoot and doing uh, things. Kansas. Indiana, the Bible Belt, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm in Texas. You know, we talked about Texas a little bit on your podcast. Yes, and um, <laughs> there are no full nudity strip clubs here. No, um, all they have to wear, um, and it used to be that they could wear pasties, so they could wear like a a g string, a thong, and mm-hmm. pasties. But now they they don't allow that anymore. Now it's like basically you're getting it just bikini is yeah bikini. yeah which is there, there was like new legislation that was passed a month or two ago as well in texas about like um anyone under i think 21 21 yeah they're 21. not allowed they were all fired 
like yeah. which is like crazy talk to me like i was like what they can do that it's so insane out, we are yeah, out where i am where i am i think in new york city anything goes is new york city for crying out loud mm. Times square <laughs> used to be strip club central yeah um, go a little bit east you can have topless you can have full nude but you can you have to stop at topless if you're going to serve drinks oh because tits and alcohol apparently makes uh the yankees crazy <laughs> okay what who I don't know. laws Oh my god. When once you cross over into out of New York City and into New England, they have some great what they call blue laws, these leftover laws from the old puritanical governments. And yeah. So you have this wow. you, and often what you have is a strip club that has side-by-side establishments owned by the same person you can freely pass through. And in one, you can get your drink and see tits, and in the other, you can see full nude without your drink. Wow. Okay. So bizarre and archaic and like odd, but okay. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> That's so weird. Weird, no. weird flex, gonna... but okay. I love that. <laughs> and we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back in just a moment. And we are back. I'm going to take it, I'm going to take it back a little bit um, because I have, you know, a lot of things that we talked about on your podcast Mm -hmm. that I wanted to make sure that we address before, you know, we run out of time. So, (laughs) (laughs) so the first one, the first thing was um, when we first came on, we, you, you know, we, onto your podcast, the episode we were talking about, obviously feet and one of the very first things that you said was that feet are gross. <laughs> <laughs> I think my feet are gross, but yes, I, this is my own personal opinion of feet. I personally don't enjoy feet, but I know and understand that people do like my partner. So <laughs> that was immediately followed by, you know, that your partner is a foot fetishist. And I was like, wow, like I thought, you know, well, we have the opportunity right now. Our audience has been watching um, as Sia steps in and out of her heels and with the uh, the bright neon green petty. And she's got <laughs> she's got all the shoe play chops. I don't know if that's uh, if you're concentrating on that or if that's just kind of who you are. If you're one of those unconscious dangles shoe play girls. <laughs> what I can see, I. I I am seeing, I can see why a guy with a fetish is going to, you're going to catch their attention without a doubt. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yeah. Then that, yeah. So, and then you, and then you, you casually mentioned that um, you actually catered to foot fetishists and you've done um, in-person sessions. Mm-hmm. And that to me was huge because um, it, says so much about you as a person you know because if you didn't necessarily like feet and it's not your thing but you know here you are being the best kind of foot fetishist you know ever (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm just open-minded 
So you really are. Yeah. Um, so, so let's talk about your sessions a little bit with the foot fetishist. Was that something mm-hmm. that you did often or not super often? No, not, not super often unless it was requested. So how it all started, uh, it all started on Instagram. Um, to be honest, the root of all so, people. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the, root of all people. the platform that hates all sex workers and people that have fetishes and stuff. So yes, and that yet we're platform. all there. And real, yeah, unfortunately, we're <laughs> all there. It's so sad. We have nowhere else to go. Um, but it started on Instagram. Oh gosh, when did it start? Now maybe what year is it? Twenty twenty one. I think it started off in twenty sixteen. So about five years ago when I randomly got a message in my Instagram account asking if I can sell my socks to someone and they wanted to buy my socks. Maybe they saw like a picture of me hiking or something. I'm not sure how, I don't know how this person found my account, but they randomly found it. And I thought, oh, this is a scam, you know, like (laughs) how a lot of us fetishists, like we'll, we'll be dealing with a lot of time wasters, right? So I was like, oh, this is a scam. PayPal me X amount of dollars and then I'll take you seriously and then I'll ship it out to you. And then they actually did. They actually did. So I was surprised at that. And I think that was honestly a fluke. Like this doesn't happen very often. There's a lot of scams and stuff out there nowadays and, and people that are wanting things for free. But that's how it started for me. And then um, I just kept selling my my socks and like feet pics online to a few people. And Another person who I'd met online on Facebook this time, and I don't, again, I think we were in a kink group. And I mean, one of the rules is you're not really supposed to message, like private message people, but. <laughs> I, think the, I think the rules of, the first rule of Facebook kink group is you don't talk about Facebook kink group. I mean, that's. You know, I'm no longer in this group. But, <laughs> but apparently, yeah, you're not supposed to message people, but this person did. And then they were interested in a, a ball busting session and which turned into sessions and they turned into like a client they used to come to see me at the club when they were in town so that was cool and then then it came to like selling socks and more more slippers and what else did I sell and used uh pleasers because I'm a dancer so yeah it kind of varied all over the board and then um with the in person sessions uh, we had spoken to some of the real terminology that both of you uh, any and top of you guys were able to educate me on so um, I guess the term is trampling when you walk on someone or you're placing feet or applying pressure usually I don't know you can you have a better much better definition and well more well versed on this than me but well, we're we're on our podcast, so our our uh, audience knows what it is. So we can we can skip the the clinical definitions of things. Okay. Although I will point <laughs> out, uh, you know, it's so funny that a lot of the people I know who cater to trampling and the trampling guys are like, "Oh, you jump on me, jump on me," and but they they seem to book girls who are like five one and like eighty five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> and I know based on your, uh, your your feet not touching the ground and your stool there that you're, if you're 5'3", you're an inch. Yeah, I am 5'3", actually. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> no. You know. Stuff. What oh size shoe are you? I am a seven and a half. 
Seven and a half for both shoes. Yes. Sometimes a seven, depending on the brand. But yeah, I would say average-ish size, I think. <laughs> I don't know what average is, but maybe average for my height. Who knows? Yeah, no, I think that your your feet are pretty, um, you know, uh, they, they match your, your height. Um, mm-hmm. un- unlike mine, unlike mine, right? Because I don't know. Mine is just just an I'm just an anomaly. I'm I'm a size ten. What? Wait, how tall are you? (laughs) (laughs) I um uh like five three and a half because you know that half is very important. Oh, that that half is huge. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Wow, that's that's rare. But it's um, Annie is the most stable foot model on the planet. <laughs> you know what though, but it matches my body because you know. Oh, see, I don't know if you can see. I don't know. There's a size ten in there. Yeah, but but yeah, um, it matches my body though because I'm just you know, despite being short, um, I'm not uh, petite. You know, I don't have little bones, and I'm a fatty, and I'm thick, and I totally okay with that i'm not entirely okay with these size 10 shoes no (laughs) no one's knocking you down no no i'm 30 i am grounded i am you know (laughs) it's funny so in the in the past couple weeks there's been this crazy discussion because there was a i don't know there was a chaucer poem that was rediscovered now chaucer goes back for those people who aren't English majors. (laughs) Chaucer is a poet that goes back to the point that we are still speaking old English. Like Chaucer poems need to be translated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there is a line in one of his poems that is the wench be thick, T-H-I-K-K. The term thick dates back to the like 12th century. And great scholars (laughs) have gone through and said, absolutely that is what he meant by that line he was referring really? to this girl as thick the way we would use it in the 21st century the, the next <laughs> oh, thing is okay. four or five lines down <laughs> in the poem he says something of verily i i speak only truth and basically the that that couplet of that chaucer poem says i like big butts and i cannot lie no. So this was Chaucer in the year 1200 Wait. something or other. Shut up. No. You're just making stuff up now. Trust me. <laughs> the two of you and all of our listeners, that. look this up. It, it somehow hit social media in the past two weeks that one, the You're lying. I do not believe years old. And two, Chaucer liked big butts and he could not lie. I, I don't believe you. I mean, you're making <laughs> You're totally in our case. Before this episode airs, I will be able to give you evidence from like Harvard scholars. I do need to see this. Please. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to follow up with you on that because I don't believe you. (laughs) Me neither. I like big butts and I cannot lie, really. Well, he said he likes that he likes thick wenches and he cannot lie. But basically, yes, the poem says I like big butts and I cannot lie. So funny. Oh my god! You learn something new every day. <laughs> all right. Well, let's thick wenches go yeah, all the way back the, to the days of Chaucer. Let's let's, <laughs> let's leave the 12th century behind and let's step a little bit into <laughs> modern times. Modern times, please. Um, I have a I have very modern follow up. So, 
Um, this is something near and dear to Sia's heart and my heart. Um, and I'm just following up on the fact that we, I finally found some really good um, Fossa Sesta. Oh, yeah. Um, there's a really solid and well, um, well-written um, change.org um, petition to reheal oh. Fossa Sesta. Really? And one to oppose a bill that was at least three weeks ago when I put it out was uh, out there um, to actually, again, make things worse. You know, you had Nancy Pelosi trying to make things better and you've got people putting in legislation to make things worse. So I know we've talked about it. You've <laughs> talked about it. You've talked to your guests about it. Um, and this is a, a point that, you know, we'll share these links when the episode airs, we'll share these links amongst ourselves in the, in the next day or so. Mm-hmm. And we, we, and all our people who follow and believe in what we believe in, um, there are some solid petitions that need to be signed because this is important stuff. Um, yes. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. It affects all of us. It really yeah. does. And I think I said on your show and I'll say it again, even if you're not a sex worker, if you're listening right now, if you view any of our pages, you gain something from sex workers mm-hmm. and support us. Right. Absolutely. I'm putting yeah. myself in the sex worker category as a uh, as an adult content photographer producer. I'm I'm a yeah. sex worker too. Yeah. Um, You're a content so I'm a porn producer. (laughs) (laughs) Much better title. My apologies. (laughs) No, no. I wouldn't think of anything I do as porn production, but but you have to. And that's the other thing that I think that we're trying. And and I think our appearance on your show definitely put that into our vocabulary. And we say it more and we're very appreciative. We are, we have to. Mm-hmm. doing what we do we have to put ourselves in the category of sex worker we have to destigmatize the term sex worker yes 100 percent, absolutely we just need to be able to talk about this so freely and like normalize this normal conversations it's not a bad thing and it's i mean yes society views it as a bad thing yes but like yeah, we but, need they, to but be then they still that perspective it's a, it's such a bad thing, but then they still engage, you know, <laughs> they just oh, do it behind closed doors. Oh they yeah. Secretly uh, I would, I would love with a lot of shame, you know, and it shouldn't have all that shame. No, I would yeah. love yeah. for you two to be able to pull your clients and see how many of them are supposed like Christian conservatives. Right. <laughs> the right. ones who, you know, whose party, whose political beliefs are, are stigmatizing, ostracizing and harming our, our, our sisters and some of our brothers. And they're probably, I would say they're probably 51% of the buyers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised though. Um, Sia, have you, when was the last time that you, um, did anything well I mean it's obviously it's been a really long time since we've since anybody's (laughs) really gone out and done things and sessions Mm -hmm. and all of that but um for any if anyone's interested um should everything go back to normal is our session something that you normally do like for Mm -hmm. foot fetishists 
Yeah. I mean, I am now more comfortable in the digital space, I would say. So in person, it just really depends on what it is and what's being asked. But I am, I really do like making custom videos. So I'm really comfortable in that space. I don't have to get into physical contact with anyone, but it is available depending on what it is. And I have to probably screen you <laughs> as well. To right. make sure you're not a crazy person um, or a harmful, dangerous person. So that um, I am returning to some in-person sessions, um, not related to feet fetish work because those requests are a little bit lower um, right. than what I usually get. But I am doing some platonic uh, meets, like I'm doing a beach um, companion meet next week with someone at a nude beach, uh, paid dates and stuff like that. I'm still open to that, but a lot of my work is just staying online. So. I know a lot of like my peers that have already gone back to whatever uh, in-person sessions that they are that were that they were doing like before everything like shut down in the world, and that's completely up to your own discretion and your comfort level. So um, it's not really about a do you think things should go back to normal. It's it's whatever you feel. You're Can I back you up with. just a second? Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you said not so much feet because that's lower. Um, you mean that just, you it, doesn't like command, it doesn't command the price range that makes it worth your time? Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? No, I meant lower demand. Yeah. Oh, meant, oh okay. She meant like the amount of demand is, yes. is, is lower gotcha. than all of okay. her other requests. Exactly. Yeah. No, no. With the price, like I feel with any kind of fetish, the price can actually go pretty high, but I don't really, I don't really base it on that. I just base it on one. Am I, am I myself going to enjoy this? And two, like, is the other person going to enjoy this as well? And yeah, how a, specific are we going to be? <laughs> right. It's, it's a valuing your own time thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of where I'm at with certain um, more niche forms of sex work at this point. Do you um, cater to other kinds of fetishes? Like, other than foot fetish, are there any that you're, like, uh, maybe more commonly that you cater to that people seek you out for? Hmm. Nothing is really coming to mind at the moment. I just feel like I've been on pause for so long and I'm not specialized in any way either. I'm just a person on the internet <laughs> that likes to do fun things like just dance on live stream and like make really pretty videos. Um, but yeah, there's nothing specific right now. And I'm kind of like straying away from that and kind of focusing um, on either custom videos, my OnlyFans or, or stripping. So cause that's like all that my current time allows for me at the moment. Wah. Well, I know you, I know you had, when we were on your show at, or one of your guests, one of your fans rather asked about uh, the idea of when, when it's time to take a break and you know, time uh, demands are enormous mm -hmm. you know if, if this is your primary vocation or your or your secondary or your side hustle and i saw something today that said don't call it a side hustle it's called the other job i need to survive um yeah mm -hmm. the demands on your time are important valuing your time is important um you gotta you gotta take care of you because you're not gonna be your best you if you're not 
if you're burning the candle at both ends, as they say. Right. Ah. right. Yeah. Um, but speaking briefly of time management, I have no clue how long we've been on the air. And we're going to take a little break. Well, for us, it's going to be a little break. For you, you're just going to have to wait till next week to hear the episode and the continuation of our amazing conversation with Sia. Yeah. Uh, you. I mean, if you've stuck with us this long, you're going to love part two. So uh, come join us next week as we wrap it up with Sia. And as always, for those of you who are masturbating to our voices right now, well, I guess you're going to have to hold it for a week. That's right. You're not allowed.